Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. <laughs> Joe singing insults at Jack. Some are funny, some are not. <laughs> this is Ed McMahon. And now, he. Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Live from Studio C. C is in your a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And hey, everybody, on this Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Dual general managers today, Jack. Number one, 9-11 first responders, many of whom are still suffering from illnesses related, and we ought to uh, do what's right. Number two, the National Football League. Pop up the music, Michael. This is a party. This is an information party. If you didn't come to party, don't bother knocking on my door. That's oh, what I say. Yeah, that's a standard. Huh? A clear standard. It's the weekend, more or less. And uh, lots to talk about today. Very excited about it. Yeah, yeah. Who won the football game last night? I don't follow the sports. The mighty Kansas City Chiefs scored 31 unanswered before Houston rallied to make it look somewhat respectable, but it wasn't. Yeah. There you go. Patrick Mahomes may be the best football player ever. Really? Yes. Tom Brady, enjoy that goat talk while it lasts. (laughs) Mahomes wins 11 Super Bowl rings. It takes a long time to win six Super Bowls. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, What does never forget mean around uh, the 9-11 thing when people are saying that? I don't know. I hear it, I've heard it 20 times today already. Oh, different things mean? to different folks, I suppose. I don't know. Every person saying it on cable news has a different interpretation of it? Or? I, well, nobody has forgotten. And having actively remembered it, I'm not sure what to do about it. I mean, perhaps it's, you know, make sure the first responders who were sick, like John Stewart, to campaigns on Capitol Hill, make sure they're taken care of. But continue to recognize that fundamentalist Islam is a threat. I think in the um, in the many, many years <clears throat> right after 2001, I think that's what it meant, right? That those those people are out there. We need to be vigilant. I think that's what it meant. But Perhaps. That, that seems kind of silly at this point. Never forget the victims? Never forget there are bad people in the world that want to do us harm. Yeah, lots of different kinds. All yeah. kinds of them. We yeah. should keep an eye on all of them. Yeah. So I guess at this point, it's never forget the, the people that died. Yeah. Which I get. but Sure. Sure. We've never been uh, into wallowing in it on this show, if you're new to it. I mean, with all due respect, et cetera, et cetera. Just, it's, it's an annual uh, uh, festival of fake something or other on cable news, I think. They, it, it's, it feels obligatory to make a huge deal of it. And it was a huge deal. Obviously, it was a huge deal. And since most of the media is centered in New York, if it happened where you lived, it would be really... Right, really a huge deal. Absolutely you true. Personally, physically, were afraid, mm-hmm. whereas I was not. Yeah, um, but uh, of course, you'd abandon the country at our moment of greatest need. That's right. I was out of gallivanting the about hitting the pubs of England, knowing ahead of time to leave the country. Somebody probably ought to take a look at me. <laughs> oh oh um, boy, oh boy! I will always remember the thing that stands out to me the most. I'll always remember over the whole thing, not just that day, but you know, the whole thing is. 
God, within hours, I mean, my memory of, of it is it's the first time George Will spoke on the matter, is I saw him say, well, it's the end of our vacation from history, which I thought was the most conservative, sober-minded view of the whole thing, you know, at a time when people weren't really being that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of, in retrospect, I say this every year, I'm embarrassed the way I felt and acted after 9-11, and I'm, I'm embarrassed for a lot of the country the way it acted after 9-11. It was not the reaction of a tough, resilient country in a lot of ways. Right. Right. Um, uh, it was a lot of wallowing and, oh, poor us. A lot of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, the, the and end there of our, were a lot of people advocating that we as a country fall to our knees weeping in the fetal position as opposed to responding, you know, resolutely. But the end of our vacation from history was just a recognition that, yeah, man, we had a pretty good run here where we didn't have to live by the rules of history where, you know, you get you get punched in the nose on a regular basis and you got to fight back because mm-hmm. that's the way it's always been and always going to be. And we, we went on a, like a 20 year run or longer where that didn't exist. Yeah. And we sort of yeah. felt like it would never happen again. But of course it does. You know, what's funny was that coincided with Alan Greenspan's uh, statement that we've we've conquered the business cycle. There will be no more recessions and ups and downs. We've figured it out. That whole period was an amazing period of coasting through history. We'll never be attacked by another country. We will never be under threat, and the economy will always be fantastic. Right. So go out there and enjoy yourself. Yeah, let's get it on. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Maybe that is why, he says, uh, you know, going further out on the limb of theory, maybe that is why we raised our children so badly during that period that they're now embracing Marxism and racial hate. Could it be we became such a soft, navel-gazing, dumb people that we started to give a trophy to everybody merely for fogging a mirror? I think that all fits together absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, let's introduce everybody on the squad to get gone with this thing. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, on a Friday, huh? Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How close are you to your wedding now? Exactly one month today. One month today! today. Oh, my gosh. You starting your last 30-day bachelor party? No, no, just no wild craziness before you settle down. No, just a lot of uh, last-minute wedding prep and you know little details and stuff like that. that. Doesn't sound wild or no, crazy. Matter of fact, you guys need to help me here for a second. I need okay. your. This is uh, serious. Um, yes. Because you can't do buffets now, you now have to do seating charts. You know, so you, so they can know where to put the food down and stuff like that. So, do you guys want to sit together, or do you want to? Like on one chair. This is kind of putting us on blast here. I can't. I can't say no in front of them here. I would like my attorney to speak for me, Sean. <laughs> would you like to sit together as a show, or do you want me to space you out so you meet new people? Foo boy, I truly oh. don't want to meet people. Uh, that, that's what I wanted to know. Wait, don't threaten me. What kind of Sophie's choice is that? <laughs> okay, hang out with coworkers or meet new people? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> Hilarious. All right, so, I'll, into I'll this put thing. you together all as a show. <laughs> well, uh, you guys hilarious. have your own table, you know. <laughs> yeah, I would like my own table, please. <laughs> okay, no, I, I, this is a I'm, serious I'm question. I'm considering letting my wife sit with me. Would you rather hang out with coworkers at a social event <laughs> or meet new people? Ah. Well, my fiance, so you know, why don't we space them out more? Everybody can meet new people. I'm all no. I, I'm putting them all no, together. You don't know these people. You don't, <laughs> honey. Look up the word misanthrope. Oh. 
I'm assuming since they're your friends and family by definition, being at you, your wedding, you that, I would like, a, that I would like them all. Yeah, you're going to know a lot of people, and mm-hmm. so uh, it'll be a lot of fun. But I just thought as a show, we should have our own. Whatever table. you want yeah. for your wedding, I say is the right answer. Yeah, I honestly don't care, Michael. Do whatever you want. Whatever okay. you prefer for your wedding, I'll be your... so hammered. I won't know. <laughs> exactly. with... We won't know our own names. <laughs> whatever causes the least stress for you as you iron out these last couple details, I will vote yeah, for that. Exactly. Who are you the least bit concerned about me fighting? <laughs> That's maybe look at it like stop that. the hammering. <laughs> There's positive Sean whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, every now and then I have uh, little mini streaks that I realize maybe this is a moment that I should really just kind of look myself in the mirror and and, and, and mm-hmm. reassess if 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 this is the path I should continue upon. I had one of those last night as it was the fourth consecutive night of eating. Uh, as as an adult, I am some thirty eight thirty. Yeah, 38. I'm not yet 39. That's how the math checks out. And I had uh, macaroni and cheese for dinner four nights in a row. The Not not the good four kind. Four nights. Not not the uh, not fettuccine Alfredo, you know, macaroni and cheese for grown-ups. No, right. the, the blue box, oh, yeah. the powdered cheese. That stuff's good. Half a stick of butter. It's terrible. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, it was oh. delicious. Night after night? Do you put ketchup on it? Uh, I I have since you guys hit me to that as being a thing, and, and <laughs> it's it's one of the, it's really a delight. <laughs> Getting the right ratio of ketchup. Oh, yeah. you, you can't oh, yeah. make it too much. No. You, you really just want it to, to accentuate right. the notes. Right. My, kids, <laughs> my kids regularly put too much ketchup on it. And don't accentuate the notes, as you were just saying. No, no. You, it, craft it, macaroni and you cheese. Child. It really balances the palate. You, you, you got to aerate it a little bit. <laughs> to your question, four nights in a row is uh, quite a bit. It was a good streak. I'm not sure I've ever done four nights in a row. Child. I'm forcing myself to eat vegetables today at some point. Mm. Good man. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On Friday, September 11th, the year 2020, we are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Point of order. Smoking pot is not a vegetable. All right. Let's begin the show now. Officially, according to FCC rules and regulations, here we go at Mark. Inaugural game of the 2020 NFL season uh, last night. The uh, pregame was the inevitable wallowing in wokeness and some perfectly legitimate, reasonable, and and, and terrific uh, talk about civil rights and some ignorance of the uh, Maoist uh, Marxist organizations that have taken over a lot of the energy of it. So it was alternately fine and nice and good and and, and also incredibly annoying. But <clears throat> the uh, the players had had the idea to had have a moment of unity on Sounds the field nice. right before the kickoff. Right. They all came together and hugged and shook hands and arm and arm and the teams lined up and the fans at Kansas City just showered them with boos and heckles and catcalls. And I was trying to, it was tough to make out words because they were intentionally uh, obscuring them on the TV. I think it was probably... Don't hug them. We're supposed to hate them. Oh, right. Right, right. General football fandom. Or it could be the folks of Kansas City had just had enough of the preaching. Because there was a hell of a lot of preaching. And I'm sure if you're sitting in the stands, it really seemed like a lot. Yeah. 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 I can describe more of the scene for you if you didn't see it. Maybe a little later on. We need to get moving. Hmm. Uh, So where are we? Oh, yeah. Uh, How's mailbag? Oh, it's fine. It's great. It's sprawling. Uh, we'll we'll barely have time for it because we have clips of the week. Ah, uh, yes, clips of the week next. Armstrong and Getty.
this headline needs to be mentioned many times. Expert on isolated tribes killed by arrow as he approached one. Mm. That's an unfortunate development. Like us at a wedding reception, uh, prefer to be isolated, apparently. Mailbag, coming up in a moment or two. Ooh, ah, that was ah, close. Yeah, you thought you had me, didn't you, Michael? I did. But now it's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Authentic has won the Kentucky Derby! Oh, no. He whacked a ball that might have hit a lines person back there. Oh, my God. Goodness, you don't do that. I will not take his word for it. He wants us to inject bleach. This is going to be the kind of thing that your children are going to say, Dad, I can look up to you now, and I never could before. (laughs) You you have to hold people accountable for criminal acts. And if you don't hold people accountable, what happens is they see that as tacit approval. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. These gender reveals have gone too far. I think by the end of this year, um, we're likely to be through at least the most acute phase of this epidemic. Obviously, anyone who knows me, and you do, that mm-hmm. I would never be muzzled about anything when it comes to science and evidence and the facts. Set a punch means devastation. Call it set the world on fire. Human pathos and insight, there's no one from higher. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hilarious. Mailbag. Got an update on the whole gender reveal thing is uh, the woke crowd has really attacked it for the whole binary aspect of it. Mm. Get it Please play. do not use gendered language to to address everyone. That's your gender reveal party. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Milton Friedman. Nobody spends somebody else's money as carefully as he spends his own. Nobody uses somebody else's resources as carefully as she uses her own. So if you want efficiency and effectiveness, if you want knowledge to be properly utilized, you have to do it through the means of private property. I was thinking about that sort of thing as I waited in a very long line at the post office yesterday. Hmm. It's as if they didn't care how happy you are. <laughs> yeah, more on that uh, theme to come as more of our young people rush to embrace a system where... All money is uh, publicly owned, therefore none is publicly owned. Nobody cares how it's spent. Corruption explodes, and people are enslaved in concentration camps. Whoa. But other than that, it's a good system. Moving along. Here's a nice note from uh, Gary. Rush and Ben Shapiro told their listeners yesterday, today, that uninformed people should not vote on November 3rd. Shame, shame, shame on both of them. A citizen of our great country has a responsibility to be informed. A country asks so little of its citizenry. There are no excuses whatsoever. What's your opinion on not voting? Well, I, Gary, I think you've you've missed the point. If they having having been asked so very little to be informed to understand issues, they're not. Then no, they shouldn't vote. No, I don't want people who aren't paying attention to vote. No, they should pound sand. The the whole aim of of uh, political parties is to get as many morons who have no idea what they're talking about to vote because they're so easily manipulated. Don't rock the vote. John from San Francisco. Uh, We're talking about one Lowell High School, which is uh, an elite high school. It's a super elite academic high school. It's often called the Stanford of high schools in that area. I was just reflecting on your comments today about critical race theory at Lowell High School. 
Additional information makes it deeply ironic that it has adopted uh, this into its curriculum. Lowell is a San Francisco Unified School District school, but attendance is by entrance exam only. It is an elite school and difficult to get into. As a result of its admission policy and a criticism of the school's lack of diversity, uh, is that it? That sentence is bizarre, but it has a very small minority enrollment. Only about 1% African American and 1% Hispanic. But wait now. It is also only about 10% white. The remaining 88% of the students are Asian. So at an elite school with merit-based enrollment systems and an 88% Asian enrollment, it is teaching a curriculum that says they live in a society systematically biased toward white people's success and privilege. That's pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah. John points out in the limited contact I've had with Lowell, I've detected it is a purely irony-free zone. And certainly this is lost on them as well. I don't want critical race theory thought taught in an all-black high school or an all-white high school or a perfectly mixed by percentages or whatever it is. No, any more than I want a Klansman as your gym teacher. It's the most racist uh, philosophy that's emerged since the 1860s. For some reason, I think it would be a lot of dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, well, an and un- unfair dodgeball. Anybody who threatens the sanctity of dodgeball is no friend of mine. Well, we really don't have time for anything else, and... It's a crying shame. A little bonus mailbag later on, perhaps. <laughs> One of Biden's campaign guys was on Fox yesterday in an exciting interview you should hear part of. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Listener named James Burnham tweeted at us, Mr. Armstrong and Mr. Getty, please mention me on the air tomorrow morning. I tune into your show every day on KABC 790 in Los Angeles and listen to the entire show. If you would like, wow. y- if you'd like your name mentioned <laughs> on the Armstrong and Getty show, you just tweeted us the same way because we'll read every single listener's name from across the country. Great stuff. Every radio station. Stop it. <laughs> J- uh, James Burnham, is that it? Well, that's what he's going by. That's his handle. It might okay. be his real name. Okay. It's also a fair right, Well, I'd, I'd have been more subtle about it, but I'll, I'll illustrate as the show goes on. That's, <laughs> what are we going to talk about here? i uh, got a number of things. Um, one, we got to get to later. You, you tweeted out about this. We talked about it last week. The Netflix show about tiny children dressing, uh, uh, dancing sexually. 11-year-olds twerking and rubbing their crotches. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's uh, I, I, under, I, I get the whole trying to be shocking thing. I mean, I, I tired of that many, many years ago. But that's just... What is freaking wrong with you? Yeah. Well, I have become aware of uh, this story in layers. And I was materially misled at one point. Okay. okay. And uh, that's, yeah, another interesting aspect okay. of the story. So I was watching your uh, Brett Barron Fox yesterday, which we continue to contend is the best news program program on in America. Um, if you'd want a good example of it, look at the interviews he did yesterday with Biden's spokeshole and Trump's spokeshole. He did a great job coming after both of them. Right. He battered them both. Name another host or network where the host goes after both of the people the same way, or either for that matter. Right. But here's a little clip of him talking to uh, Biden's spokeshole, particularly on the topic of, uh, you know, I should set this up a little bit just so you can picture it. Guy's young. And got the uh, the 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 punchable face of uh, oh. what's his name? <laughs> no, no. The the the, the kid. well, some people no. just have the the smug look, and I n- I never know if you have resting smug face 
or if you're actually smug. No, do not. He came off as smug. Do not bring Nicholas Sandman into it. The poor, he was a child and he was terrified. Absolutely. I, I, but, but TJ Ducklow is an a hole. You know, he replaced James Burnham, who I thought did a terrific job. But uh, TJ Ducklow <laughs> is a smug, pretty. 35-year-old, super smart, very pleased with himself guy. And the reason this is important, uh, we'll mention afterwards. So he's being questioned by Brett Baer. Has Joe Biden ever used a teleprompter during local interviews or to answer Q&A with supporters? Brett, we are not going to engage. This is, this is straight from the Trump campaign. But yeah, they're points. using and, it. And what it does, and what it does, Brett, is it's trying to distract the American people. I'm just, from, they're from, using from it. From they the talk pand- about it every day. Can you what, say yes or no? That's because they talk about it every day, Brett, because they don't have a coherent uh, Well, you have strategy. an answer. Yes or no? Brett, they talk about it every day because they don't have a coherent argument for why Donald Trump deserves re-election, deserves four more years. We know that he lied to the American people. We know that he has not uh, shown leadership during this crisis, and they are desperate to throw anything they can against the wall to try to distract from that fact. I understand, but you can't answer the question. Brett, I am not going to allow the Trump campaign to funnel their questions through Fox News and get me to respond (laughs) to that. <laughs> Brett, Brett couldn't keep from giggling. Wow. So, hey, all that stuff about Trump, either you believe it or you don't, we'll have a vote on November the 3rd. Well, and via mail and the rest of it. On the other hand, the Democrats are running a guy who can't even ask answer supporter questions without a teleprompter. Well, it would seem, uh, or you would obviously just answer that question. Or maybe just when he's having bad days. But... Uh, what was I was thinking is watching this guy, and he kind of smirked every every single question. Oh, that stupid question. Okay, Fox has got to ask that question. You know that sort of attitude with everything like that. Yeah, he was contemptuous of one of the best serious interviewers and journalists in America. And uh, and what I was thinking at the time, and then I saw uh, Jonah Goldberg tweeted a similar sentiment, so I knew I was right. Um, that you don't do yourselves any favors. By not facing major league pitching before the debates or before you do any real interviews. That's if a good you point. sit down for all the softball interviews and no follow ups and get really comfortable in this idea of, you know, we can, we can ignore certain topics and just glide through other ones. Mm-hmm. The first time you face anybody with a follow up, you get into real trouble. Best illustrated in Rocky three where he was fighting nothing but tomato cans. Clubber Lane just comes out of nowhere. He's a, he's a menace. Mickey right. can't protect him anymore, giving him these these soft fighters. And he just pummels him. Right. <laughs> so I recall that uh, that movie, fabulous movie, directed by uh, James Burnham. But uh, at any rate. <laughs> and uh, I thought that's what was going on there yesterday. And the, the history in my lifetime of presidential debates is the sitting president's first debate, they are terrible. Yes. I've seen this over and over again. And it's because they've spent four years, yes, sir, absolutely, sir, you couldn't be more right, sir, in every meeting they're in, and it's the first time anybody's, like, gotten their face and defied them in four years. Trump, because he faces this kind of questioning three times a day, um, I don't think he's going to have that problem. Biden could be in for a real wake-up call if Chris uh, Wallace takes the Brett Bear angle on some of these questions. If I'm a Biden fan, if I want Biden to be elected, and I don't, but if I wanted Biden to be elected, mm-hmm. I'd be saying, I hope they're challenging him. I hope they have, you know, they're doing their mock debates with somebody that's bringing serious follow-up questions and getting into some of the issues that nobody is on the campaign trail. I don't think he can handle it. I think on some days he can handle it, but but some or most days he cannot. How do you not answer? Well, maybe you can't answer that question. 
But to not give a yes or no answer to, is your guy reading off a teleprompter in, in Q&As? Right. Now, people on, uh, I was watching well, some of the... Do we have that tape from the other day? Uh, it's not up there. Move, move, it, move up. it up. I was, I was uh, following some of the conversation on Twitter and some of the pushback and stuff like that. And people were saying, oh, come on. Trump reads off teleprompters. Obama reads off teleprompters. Reading a speech, a prepared speech, is a different thing than you have prepared answers on a teleprompter for Q&A sessions, for interviews. Right. That is, uh, I, I've never heard of that before. I, th- I was reading it more as in live question and answer things. They have somebody in real time, here's what we need to respond. So uh, is it even his yeah, or, words yeah, or that's that, yeah. being responded yeah, exactly. to? Exactly, yeah. Either way, it's you know the, the combination of those probably. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but it's pretty interesting that the guy didn't just say, of course not. You know, I don't want to be too conspiratorial-minded here, but... If I were uh, T.J. Ducklow or in his position, I would have said something like, you know, uh, the vice president prefers not to have a stack of notes. There are so many issues and all. Instead of carrying around notes, sometimes we have the uh, talking points we want to cover on the teleprompter. That's a pretty good answer right there. It's, it, everybody does that. What are you? Why are you even asking that? <laughs> That's a pretty good he answer. He has his right basic outline up there. Yeah, of course he does. Anyway, what else? Brett? <laughs> but no, they went with the, what are you talking about? What do you mean a teleprompter? White House talking points you funneled through. Right. Yeah. There is a there chance. will be no hiding as of October the something or other when the first debate is. Three weeks from this past Monday. So I guess two and a half weeks from now. Okay. There, there's a possibility. And Biden has been, his uh, acceptance speech at the uh, convention, he was fine. Mm-hmm. And he's done a number of interview things where he's absolutely fine. So, you know, I'm... I'm, and somewhere he's not. I'm out on a limb on this a little bit, but there's a possibility that he's really, like, you know, close to Woodrow Wilson territory being propped up. Just, you know, they, they've got everything on a teleprompter. They have every question handed to a person because he just can't deal with these situations. That's a real possibility. Mm. You can still read okay, usually. Although, you know, if his eyesight's failing, I'm not going to mock him for that. He's no. 77 years old. No. No, you what don't a, have to have good eyesight to be president. What about a lookalike? Do you think? <laughs> you know, as long as we're on this, you we... get a guy like James Burnham who looks just like him. And, right? Uh... Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's his brother, it's his twin. <laughs> um, uh, why don't we play forty? As right. long as we're talking about Brett Baer and T.J. Ducklow. Ugh. Let me just clarify: you're saying that Joe Biden was for closing down travel from China when the president did it. Uh, Joe Biden has been clear, and I can send you the fact checks if they're helpful, Brett. Joe Biden has been clear that he was not against that travel ban. But he was for it? Joe Biden has been clear about this, Brett. I, again, I can, send, I can send you the fact checks if they're helpful. This has been fact checked into oblivion. Okay, I'm just asking you the question. Uh, you're saying yes, he was for the China travel ban when the president implemented it, two, 48 hours after receiving that briefing. I, the important thing about the travel ban... Yes or no? Yes or no, know. Brett, I know that you all like to cite the travel ban. I know the no, president no, no. The president the does. Brand. That's why I'm bringing it up. On, it's, obviously, on, it's going to be in a debate. Brett, Brett, hold on. The important thing to know about the travel ban is that even after the president implemented that travel ban, tens or says that he implemented it, tens of thousands of people came in okay, and out of I'm the country. I'm going to take it that and you're not going to answer that question. You're going to send me some fact Donald, checks. What was okay. Donald Trump doing, Brett? He was, he was he was ignoring the virus. Let's continue to fact check. Praising China. So that's. And, and then the follow-up to that follow-up would have been, so uh, Senator, Vice President Biden was in favor of barring tens of thousands of Americans from returning to America, which is what he implied. 
Well, the, the reason they got into that is the the time. There's a bit of a timeline problem for for a lot of different people on when they're claiming they were they they woke up to the dangers of coronavirus. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because um, there's a lot of quotes out there from from Nancy and 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 Trump and Biden and lots of people. But um, and and me and you and Doctor Fauci. Sure. Um, but how did he not? That that's absolutely amazing. If if I was Biden and you know he was awake enough to watch that, I'd say, dude, you didn't do us any favors there. Um, so if, if the Trump campaign's out saying something, Brett Baer's giving you a chance to respond to it. Shoot it down right now. Here you go. This is what Trump's hammering people to a cheering crowds saying this about you. Right. Slam it. Here's your chance. No, just doesn't answer it. This has been fact checked to death. Okay. Do you think he keeps getting I'll send you the fact checks. What an insulting thing to say (laughs) to one of the best journalists in America. (laughs) Right. You There's only one reason you dodge a question. I don't care if you're a husband with lipstick on your collar oh, or you're TJ Ducklow. It's only one reason. Do you think they keep sending him back out? Well, I don't know. He, I thought that was. I saw. I, I saw it on a lot of places on YouTube and Twitter last night. Uh, you know, for for the for the people that are anti Bidens. So. As someone who's in theory a Biden supporter, I didn't like that one bit. Well, well see, was, the, here's the question: Was that a strategy hatched by the team? Or is he kind of off the reservation, just doing his own thing? I doubt. I mean, he's the national press spokesman for the Biden campaign. It, he, he's a younger guy, and it does strike me as that whole, I'm not going to give things a platform, right? They, they are not interested in debate. They are interested in their narrative. Uh, well said. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get to debate this with me. This I will send you fact checks. What an obnoxious thing to say. Well, Joe Biden. That's what we're doing here. Well, I don't think he can do the same thing in a debate, though. No. No, absolutely not. Anyway. Want to send up that kid? <laughs> and here to speak for me is this young man. <laughs> JT Luck Dog. Hey, move the teleprompter up. His last move name's it up. Just watch me. Why are those birds so loud? <laughs> okay. Uh, Brett came after Trump's guy pretty good too. Maybe oh, we'll he get to that. loosened his teeth. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to that later. Um, so we don't uh, you know kill you with this on a on a Friday, huh? It's Friday. It's kill still, you with this? What? You know, it's still technically summer. It is sure until the twenty first. It's okay. summertime. Mm-hmm. What was all that summer's over? Time to get serious. Stuff it's time to get way. serious, Sean. He's flip flopping. He is. Oh my gosh! Somebody fact check the co-host. He's 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 gone mad. Um, SNL. I'll take your fit office. We got more on the NFL debut last night. SNL's coming back. Um, why are there no Biden ads anywhere today? There's a reason for that. That was a pretty clever move on their part. Oh, really? Yeah, and okay. uh, a bunch of different stuff we'll catch you up on. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I've never seen this before. There's an input on the computer that you tested positive for COVID? Yes. When was this? This was a week ago. Are you supposed to be quarantining? Yeah, that's why I'm at my house. Do you have other people here and you're positive for COVID? That's a college student somehow qualified to make it into college who doesn't know what the word quarantine means apparently i'm at my house no no there's a giant party going on jack i don't know if you're hip to this everybody gets into college these days um i mean you can you can seriously be a booger eating moron and there's a slot for you 
You can't read nor write, but you will be sold a college education. Okay, even beyond that, you never came across the what quarantine means in your life. <laughs> You're not curious enough about this disease that has changed the world to follow any news and came across the idea of quarantining? Quarantine? Is hey, that a video game? Or maybe take it to the next step. You've tested positive for this disease you've heard about that changed the world. I might, you know, I might read a couple articles about it. No interest whatsoever. What? You should not be in a university setting because you have no, you have zero curiosity about the world. You've got a disease that you kind of heard is a big deal. You've done no research on it. You have no idea how any of it works. When you're through yelling at me, would you please pass the bong? So that's it, huh? And then the uh, drug fiend. How about this little sweetheart from Texas Tech who looks uh, precisely what you'd think she looks like? Thirty-one. I'm having a good time. I would point out she and virtually all of her uh, party going friends, if they all do get the COVID, are almost certainly all going to be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Then we get to the yes, but they could bring it out into the community at large. So, well, I, which is true. I want to highlight something from the first clip that I think oh, yeah. might, might yeah, slip yeah. by. And that's yeah. it, this very beginning part where the officer is initially interacting with the youngster. I've never seen this before. There's an input on the computer that you tested positive for COVID? So, yeah, so they put in his driver's license information, and there's something in there that shows that you tested positive for COVID? Is the government keeping track of our diseases and putting in that in our uh, database that the police can access now? I, I don't know what specific municipality that was nor what system they used, but that's clearly the case. Like he we, entered the guy's name, and it popped up, COVID positive. We can't know if a coworker has a heart attack because of HIPAA stuff, right? but the cop has access to the things I've tested positive for on my driver's license? Well, that's because your governor and, and, and health, uh, state health director, county health director, have been granted emergency powers, sweeping emergency powers. Joe can't call a college and find out if his kid is sick because he doesn't have the right to do that. <laughs> right. But, yeah, when my 18-year-old got a serious head injury, they wouldn't tell me anything. But this, this policeman? can bring up my driver's license number and see what diseases I've had. Sweeping emergency powers. That's interesting. It is indeed. Um, the whole, the, the, the two college things, I don't know. I don't have enough experience for, for many, many years to, to know what college has become, really. I know it's really expensive. But for a lot of people, it's just a really expensive four-year screw around. Yes. With not a lot of education. Is no, that something a- people want to sign up for? Apparently they do. Well, as long as you know what you're getting into and then don't make me pay for it later when you decide it was too expensive. When your entire culture tells you that is the only way to succeed. You think, okay, that's what I'll do then. I mean, there's an enormous for-profit system feeding on government money mostly and and convincing people that that's the only way to succeed even though a, a large percentage of college degrees are practically useless it used to be that uh, to get a college degree in uh, medieval uh, basket weaving or or what have whatever um at least it showed you could stick out a four year project roughly do the work gut it out pass the test and get out cuz it was much harder than it is right now the whole grade inflation thing is no joke that's not made up hmm. 
Um, so now you're getting barely like a basic high school education. My kids, my kids, my especially Delaney, who was kind of an honor student type person, her high school education was much more rigorous than most college educations. There was just no screwing around. You did the work, you passed the tests, and you had to know your stuff or you were screwed. And and you know, please, you can coast through a liberal arts degree at most colleges. Professors don't want complaints on the record. He made me feel unsafe and was unfair in his criticisms of my papers. And that, that college professor get hauled in front of the board, yelled at, have his tenure threatened or well, whatever. They don't want that. We've read the studies that say people on average come out with no more education than they went in with, which is just no amazing yeah. for, for, the, for the cost of it. And again, I don't care if you decide to do that. You can screw around as long as you want and pay for whatever you want for it, as long as you don't at some point say, I owe you some of that money. Which is, you know, the platform of Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Having been the ones behind the enormous influx of government cash, which has caused uh, the cost of education to skyrocket, along with the, you know, 175 assistant deans of inclusion, community engagement, et cetera, et cetera. But. So we got some outragey uh, race stuff. Happening? Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the drumbeat goes on. I'll tell you about the NFL game last night. Plus the percentage of applications for some of the aid money that's been thrown around lately. The percentage that are fraudulent. Oh, really? you're gonna think I made it up. Oh boy. Oh, this boy. is gonna make me angry, isn't it? Oh well, it may. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> 